0: Nation. What's going on? Welcome back into the Bus Nation podcast. The wait is over. CU finally plays this week. Starts this very difficult schedule at home against TCU Friday night, September second. We'll see you all there. I'm Tyler Walgie He's Jared All to my right. Jared, what's going on? How you doing? What's up, fellas? How we feeling? It's, it's game uh, week. It is. It is game week. It Feeling is. it, baby. It is producer Ryan on the uh, twos and threes. Ryan, how are you? What's going on, dudes?
1: Ready okay. for uh, ready for some full some field action?
0: Yeah, yeah. We've all got our season tickets ready to go. And uh, keep in mind, this year, still like last year, last couple seasons, everything is on the phone. So if you're going to the game, you have season tickets. You just bought tickets nothing is paper everything's on the phone so get that figured out before you get there you don't want to be in line trying to get in and not be able to so uh, game is uh, 8 o'clock Friday night TCU taking on or a visiting Boulder and this is going to be an interesting season for the Buffs like we talked about last week if you if you missed our season preview check it out a lot of question marks for this team. We don't know what we're going to see on the field for a lot of different reasons, right? Uh, what's going to happen at the quarterback position? What's his defense going to look like? So, so many unknowns for Colorado. But obviously, you want to start off on the right note. And as a 14-point underdog, we can hope the you know we hope the Buffs get off to a nice start and, and to upset TCU at home. So, where I want to start is a few things that changed or came out since last week's show. The most notable thing: we've got more, at least seemingly from the media, of a concrete answer as to who's going to play quarterback. Carl Durrell coming out saying, we aren't going to say anything until game day. Now, the quarterbacks know, the team might know, but we won't know until game day. I think this is a great thing. And here's what I said last week. Ryan, I know you were out last week. We can maybe get your thoughts on this here. I think the quarterback position, big shocker, is going to be the most important key position for the Buffs. And if J.T. Shrout plays, starts... Plays the entire season. I think this team's ceiling is around eight wins. I really believe CU can be a good Pac twelve team, make a decent bowl later on in December. I believe that. If Brendan Lewis plays, uh let's just let's just forget the whole split split snaps thing. If Brendan Lewis plays, I think the ceiling's maybe five wins, maybe four wins. Okay. And that's stretching it. So <laughs> I know the coaching staff has come out a lot recently and said, split snaps, both quarterbacks are going to get reps, we're going to split, you know, we're going to give each guy a chance, Brendan Lewis and J.T. Shrout. I think that's a total smokescreen. I think the coaching staff has seen what I see, seen what a lot of you out there listening see. One quarterback, Brendan Lewis, is terrified, gets quick feet, didn't seem to progress at all last year. The other quarterback, J.T. Shrout, was, according to our source in the building, the best player on the field last year before his injury. So uh, the the news coming out, we're not going to know till game day who the quarterbacks are. But the quarterbacks know. I think it's going to be JT. I'm going to push back on on what you said there, Tyler, a little bit. That you don't think that they're going to still go with two
2: quarterbacks. Because to me, you don't put that. That's not a smokescreen you necessarily are putting out there. Not telling them which guy's going. I get that. I get the strategy behind Carl Durrell doing that. If you're sitting here saying definitively his, you know he said specifically, both guys will play. And then you don't play both guys. That tells me you're almost afraid of the psyche, afraid how you're going to impact your quarterback room, no, no, no. if you say
0: that. I think you're underestimating how much a part of the decision Brendan Lewis and J.T. Stroud are. This is one family. This is one. But con- at this two- point, if you've already told those guys, yet you're still telling no, no, the no. media both He's guys not, are playing. That's my point. He, he didn't tell them that. He sat down, and my what I think happened, because it's all speculation, but what I think happened behind the scenes is whoever it is, Darrell, offensive coordinator, whoever it is, sits down with these quarterbacks and says, okay, it's going to be J.T., JT, you won the job. Brennan, you keep fighting. You're right there. Now, here's what we're going to do. We play TCU week one. We're going to tell them we're going to lead the media astray a little bit, okay? We're going to tell them it's going to be split snap. We're going to keep everyone guessing what we're going to do because that's best for us, the team, but it's going to be JT. Tyler, you'd
2: make a great head coach.
0: <laughs> Look, I just think that that goes on. I think that what happens is, and this has always been one of my main points. For those who don't know, I'm a professional uh, sports better. It's what I do for my source of, of income. And I since I started prof- successfully betting sports, one thing I learned is the media is rarely telling the the true story. And the media gets used way more than we think as a pawn. And coaches, players, owners, GMs use the media to, to permeate messages out there they want out there. Okay, So that's the first thing that I think any sports fan needs to wrap their mind around, that what you hear on ESPN isn't always black and white, the truth. And a lot of people take it that way. So I believe that's what Carl Durrell and the staff wants us to believe, but I think we have to go deeper than that and look at what's the best thing for this football team. And we know a little secret in Boulder. Maybe they know in Knoxville, okay? They saw a little bit of JT at Tennessee, not much, but I think we know we've got a gem. And when I say we, I'm saying those who watched spring practice last year, like the diehard Buffs. A lot of Buffs fans don't know who this guy is because he hasn't been on the field yet. But watching the spring practices, talking to coaches, talking to our sources inside the building... JT Shroud is a very good quarterback. And I think that, again, I, I don't want to get start repeating myself here, but I just think that it, it's, it's night and day. You tell the guys what's going on in the locker room, and you permeate the message to, to the media, this is what's going on. And again, my point of that was, if no one really knows about JT yet, then it's an unknown thing. And so you keep that to your vest as long as you can, and it's going to be one of the biggest surprises in college football week one.
1: So that's what I think is going on here. So I think I think there's a couple things that uh, need to go into the equation as well. Um, so I have some some feelers on the team. Um, just you know, I, they've been such a Our big sources. Yeah, sources. We've got of. some sources. Um, but uh, just because my Adam Schefter, by the way, CU has uh, has been such a big part of uh, my family and I's lives that last year before JT tore his ACL. Um, Many one coach in particular, I won't name names, but one coach in particular said that he's far and away the better quarterback right. and then he got hurt. They asked about uh, Brandon Lewis and he was kind of iffy on him. So I think that uh, I think that we know they know that JT is probably the better prototypical quarterback. Um but I also think a huge thing is the addition of Mike Sanford and what he's going to do because I think the this offense is going to look so much different right. than it is last year. I agree. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that is conducive to, to a JT,
0: and that's why I think it's going to be him. Ryan, I, I thought what you just said, this is what our sources said, this it's what the coach you, you know said, JT was the best player on the field last year. It's night and day. A, a lot of people I talk to who handicap these things, rate these things, say that JT is maybe a touchdown
1: upgrade sure compared to brendan lewis well and i think Seven a lot of true with, with brendan lewis is is the coaching staff former coaching staff uh his teammates they didn't do him any favors last year as far as confidence goes right so all of the confidence if if he if he makes light year jumps um in in his confidence on the field um i think that would have all come during the offseason yeah, well and we would have seen it but but they get it this year's spring game just a month
0: or so ago two months ago what did he get one snap throw it away the coaches are right up there saying what yeah. are you doing so it's the same thing we saw last year it was pretty year. rough okay so we'll get some more of that i just think it's a big deal jt needs to start and he needs to play the vast majority of snaps if not all of them uh tcu coming to boulder let's take a quick look at the tcu horned frogs give everyone an idea of what team we'll see Oppo- uh, opposing the Buffs on Friday night. So last year, TCU was 5-7, and seven, fired longtime head coach. What was his name? Uh, Gary uh, Patterson. Patterson. Uh, hired Sonny Dykes. Now, Sonny Dykes is familiar with the University of Colorado. Uh, he was at uh, Cal last year, right? A uh, few years ago. He been a
2: few years, years separate. Yeah,
0: a few years ago, he was at Cal, familiar with Boulder, familiar with this area. Uh, so, you know, Sonny Dykes knows the Buffs. But Sonny Dykes in his career – Uh, His offenses have usually got going, defenses kind of slid back a little bit, and he's loaded with this team offensively. TCU has 10 returning starters from last year's team, including their quarterback Max Dugan, who finished second team all uh, Big 12, but he's not even projected to be the starter. So, like the Buffs, TCU's doing the same thing, holding that starting quarterback, you know, real close to him, which this should be. It's so funny. How many fans out there go, oh, oh, they're not naming a quarterback, Texas didn't name a quarterback, or they named him late, or TCU, they're not naming their quarterback. It's like, this happens all the time. It's not an indication of turmoil, or they really don't know. This is just gamesmanship, so... Uh, Do you guys have any – I really don't know enough about Max Dugan or Chandler Morris, by the way. The competitor with Max Dugan is Chandler Morris, transfer from Oklahoma. Uh, You guys have an idea of who you'd like to see on the field uh, for for, for TCU? I really don't have a strong opinion on this one. I I think uh, Chandler Morris brings a little bit more of an athletic – quarterback to the position right. but both guys are good athletes uh, but, but but does it concern you that dugan had such a good year last year with tc with his same offense right they're bringing back 10 starters dugan sure knows
2: a- absolutely but when you do look at chandler morris it's, which who is the other guy by the way is, I, I don't know if tyler if you mentioned his name chandler morris is the other guy competing for that starting job he was a, a former highly recruited guy out of texas Played at OU. Yeah, sorry, sorry. OU, okay. Played high, you know, high school in Texas. Went to OU. Didn't really have his chance. Kind of got passed over. Uh, came to TCU actually last year. So he's a, a high pedigree guy that that can scare you with his upside. To me to your point Tyler I don't know enough about either of them that I think you have to look at both as a threat you got a guy in Max Dugan who has 29 starts in his career that has played a lot is familiar with his team or you have maybe a guy with a higher upside that maybe has realized that potential if he is taking that starting job so either way I think it's a threat for the Buffs and something they have to watch out for in this game
0: if it is so Max Dugan number 15 uh, he's a little bit more pro style gonna throw the ball a little bit more and then number 14 uh, Chandler Morris, he's more uh like like Jared said, more of a runner, shorter, quicker. Kind of that recent OU prototype of like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, the short, quick guys. So if you see out there buffs fans, if you see number 15 for TCU, the important thing for the Buffs is going to be watch the young second, our, our young secondary. Don't put him in a bad spot, over exaggerate over the top, don't get beat deep. That's gonna be the key with Max Dugan number 15 in there. If it's number 14, one of the keys for the Buffs is going to be protecting the outside, limiting quarterback rushing. So it's a very different look offensively depending who you get back there. But remember, Buffs fans, if you see 15, more of a pro style. If you see 14 back there for TCU, more of a running quarterback. Uh, they, they're they very good on the outside, very quick. Uh, Jordan Hudson, one of the faster receivers in the Big 12, Quentin Johnson, uh, their number one receiver in terms of actually on his jersey, number one, 6'4", very quick. He's probably going to be their go-to target. He's had six, 16, 17 starts. So you're telling me it's number one
2: on your scorecard
0: and number one? Well, for TCU it is, <laughs> certainly. He's number zero for us. But uh, that's going to be a big deal because remember last year, even with Christian Gonzalez at corner for the Buffs, when there was an exploitation to be uh, had against CU in the secondary, teams, specifically you know USC, uh, were able to do that. So you hope that isn't uh, something that we see this year. Because whenever the Buffs struggle defensively, it seems to me it's always these big plays. You're always giving up these huge chunk plays. That's like part of CU's MO. Now, I want to be careful because CU's been a great school in exporting Secondary talent to the NFL, sure. but still, it seems like every big game, CU's giving up some big plays. So they have to limit and, that this year. And something especially Something we this talked time. about last
2: week in our in our preseason special was the the concerns and the question marks at cornerback. You look up and down their roster: sophomore, freshman, freshman, sophomore, freshman. I mean, the depth chart is a bunch of guys that don't have a ton of experience. So you have to think a coach in Sonny Dykes that has the experience he does as an offensive coach. Understands that, recognizes that, and may try to target that in this game.
0: If CU stays in this game and, and makes a game of it and potentially wins, it's going to have to be because CU's defense is limiting what TCU does. This is the biggest question mark this game for me. I actually think, and we'll get to this in a second, but I actually think if JT plays well, CU can move the football. Uh, you know, potentially put some points up on TCU. I just worry about when TCU has the ball. Right? I I, I worry about. This secondary, like you mentioned, Jared, I worry about potentially getting pressure on the quarterback without Carson Wells, without Nate Lamb. so I am questioning, I do have question marks about TCU's offense versus CU's defense. And I think there's going to be very, very big plays in the game. CU has to come through on third downs. And I mean, I've got some keys here, some some defensive keys looking at CU, uh, how they're going to match up with, with TCU's offense. Uh, I think the secondary is the most important part. Now, if it is number 14 Chandler Morris, obviously the running aspect is going to be more of a big deal from the quarterback position, but the secondary is going to be one of the biggest factors this entire game for me. How does Colorado's secondary play? These young cornerbacks, I mean, obviously Isaiah Lewis in the secondary is a, a blessing for the Buffs, but he's really the only one who, who you know, we can count on, I would say, I mean, I don't want to say count on and be negative right now, but look, no one else has really done it consistently. So I think the secondary, not giving up big plays, like I said, that's going to be probably my biggest key for the game defensively, that secondary showing up, limiting uh, chunk plays. So I think that's a big deal for the Buffs. Uh, My second key would be you've got to replace Nate Landman. And I don't just mean the tackles on the field. Because last year, I think Nate missed the last, what was it, five games? Sure, yeah, something like that. A significant portion of the year It last was year. four or five games, and he barely missed out on the leading tackler for the team. Okay, So yes, you're going to have to replace his production on the field. But even more than that, off the field. He was such a leader. Offense, defense, he was so crucial for this team in the locker room. You've got to replace that. So on defense, the secondary is my first key. Replacing Nate Lamond's a second.
2: And I think that's where you're looking at those few veterans that you do have on this roster. I think the defensive line has some veteran leadership in Terrence Lang, Uh, you know, the, the, the secondary you just mentioned, Isaiah Lewis. Some of those guys really, really need to be there. You know, Isaiah Lewis may be a guy trying to make sure guys are getting lined up right, make sure they're understanding the plays. When you have a lot of new guys around you, that's what Tyler's talking about with that leadership from Nate Landman, making sure everybody is dialed in and understanding what they need to do on every play. It's huge when you have guys Guys that have never been in these moments before on a Friday night game. I, I don't know. Are we nationally televised on this game? Or uh, I'm not sure. We yeah, it's on. It's, in, it's on ESPN. And, oh, ESPN. That's a big moment, you know, for these guys. By the way, quick side note: blackout game for this. So if you're going to the mm. game, make sure you show up in black. We want to see that black painted across the stands.
0: All black. I'm glad you brought that up. Wear black this game, Buffs fans. It is a blackout. Uh, so my three keys, secondary was one, replacing Laman was two. And my third key for this Buffs defense, the D line has to live up to the hype. Right now, separating the defense into line, linebacker, secondary, it's clear to me. The D line's gonna have to carry this defense. Terrence Lane, Jalen Sammy, Naeem Rodman, you know, just to name the the kind of the three anchors right there. It's definitely their strongest group on defense. For sure. I mean, amongst others. I read an article. Uh, last week on com, saying they're stressing versatility and they're going to try, which <laughs> you can take that one of two ways. You can take that as, hey, they're deeper than we thought. They're stressing versatility. Or you can take that, take that as, hey guys, everyone's going to have to play, so no excuses. Let's just maybe do the best we can do. right? I don't know exactly how to take that, but D-line's going to have to come through. Big expectations this year for the D-line. They have to help out the secondary. Everything works together, right? I know it's kind of hyperbolic, but that's how football is. The secondary helps the D-line. D-line helps the secondary. If you can get pressure on whoever it's going to be back there, I mean, that's just going to make a world of difference for this young secondary for Colorado. All right, so that kind of does for TCU's offense. I mean, I think that Colorado, as I said, needs to limit the the passing yards, needs to limit the big plays, and just in general, I think maybe keep TCU off the field. So how do you do that? You hold the ball yourself. And what we saw last year, a lot of and outs, a lot of the buffs having the ball for like 30 seconds on the score clock and then just giving it right back. So let's talk about TCU's defense against uh, Colorado, or yeah, TCU's defense against Colorado's offense. Uh, defensively they're bringing back eight uh, starters from last year and uh, similar to the buffs you know a couple young guys on the on the uh, outside bud clark is a sophomore who didn't start last year and uh, Travis hodges tomlin uh, he had 11 starts last year but it was due to injury so uh, young secondary uh, pretty good uh, safeties Uh, mark perry that's uh, that's a familiar name. Yeah, right. A Mid- former
2: Buffalo there, who's who's transferred in and and taken an immediate starting role yeah, for TCU. Want, so. Yeah, wanted to be a little motivation there for them Buff receivers
0: to get back at him. Well, but but I always talk about this. Is it a bigger advantage for the Buffs knowing Mark Perry? Or is it a bigger advantage for TCU, Mark Perry knowing the Buffs? I, I think
2: positionally speaking, when you're talking a defensive back that's guarded a receiver in practice, I think there's probably some tells, some things that you may know about these receivers, right. about uh, no, something that they're indicating what they're running on plays. Now this is a totally different offense than what Mark Perry saw the, the Buffs playing last year. Maybe, they, so know, the, maybe no, they
0: know what Mark Perry bites on, what yeah. he gets invulnerable so with. Yeah. There are, I think, both
2: ways with it a little bit.
0: Yeah, Mark Perry, that's going to be – you think he's
2: going to get booed? Nah, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think for the most part, I, I can't speak for all Buffs fans, but you know, in this world that we're in in college football, you get it. You know, the the grasses is, is you know, greener pastures sometimes for some other people. To be honest, Mark Perry is one of the you know four or five guys that left CU last year that has landed with a you know premier. D1 school. A lot of these guys are transferring to smaller, lesser schools. So, good for Mark Perry. I'm glad to see that he's in his starting role. I'm not going to hate against
0: him. No, I mean, look, you got to do what you got to do. We're going to see that a lot in the upcoming years, but this is a very fast defense. You know, the the, the secondary, very quick. Mark Perry adds to that. Uh, look at the linebackers. Very, very quick. Very athletic linebackers. You know, Sonny Dykes said over and over, this is the most athletic, uh, fast group of linebackers he's ever had. So, the speed on this defense is really going to be concerning for the Buffs because that's what CU's going to do well, right? The These guys on the outside, we talked last week about uh, uh, running Alex Fontenot, some of these running backs, getting on the outside, catching the ball, extending the field east and west. That may not be the best game plan against a team like TCU who's going to thrive with speed. So uh, in, in terms of those linebackers, three of the four, at least listed as starters, are returning this year. So quick, uh, quick uh, unit. Linebackers, they do have some uh, experience coming back, so we'll watch for that.
2: And building off of that a little bit is something you just talked about with the Buffs' defense is is the versatility. That that's one of the things that Sonny Dykes has talked about with this defense that you know they're switching to a three three five, which we've talked about in the past. Is is not really that big of an indication. All different teams run different four man fronts, three man fronts, two man fronts, whatever. But basically, what he was talking about in his his most recent interview is that. He likes that type of defense because you can quickly go to a four-man front and basically play a run-stopping defense or a two-man front and play a pass-coverage defense without having to take anyone off of the field because he feels he has the versatility with the speed, with the linebackers, with the physicality of their safeties as well. So that's something the Buffs have to watch for. A lot of times you can find linebackers in mismatches. That may not be the case for the Buffs.
0: Uh, in terms of this defensive line for TCU, it is going to be their weak point. They, re- they replace uh, two of the three starters, and they had a really, really solid 2020 and uh, 2021 season. I think things fall off this year. They're not going to have the same production, a lot of replacement, but also they're asking that front three to do a lot in that three three five 3 5 defense. So much responsibility, and I'm not so sure they can handle it. Uh, Tyron Mitchell, number... Uh, oh, actually, that's so funny. Number N-A. So he doesn't have a number yet. At least is, is, is when this uh, was written on, uh, I don't know. This is the Phil Steele book I'm looking at. So this is according to Phil Steele a couple months ago. But it's because he's a transfer from Georgia. So that's who we have to keep an eye on. Whoever Tymon Mitchell, whatever number he is, I wish I had that. As long as you can shut him down, he's going to be a big deal. He was was a a force at Georgia when he got on the field. Uh, that's going to matter. So uh, besides that, this defensive line should be the weakest point. I think running the football is going to be big for the Buffs. So we've talked about JT. Does he want to get going? This pro-style offense. What are we going to see on the field? And really, no one knows the answer to that yet, which is a good thing. But what I'd like to see this first week, heavier running game, heavier attacking short down in distances, and I think setting yourself up with third and short. And look, that's not always the key. You could say that for a lot of football games. Well, third and short, third and short. Right? That's like in every football game. But I believe this one, this game it's in particularly important because – of what I just said. You're not going to be able to rely on that passing game. You're not going to be able to rely on third and 10s over and over. You got to be successful running the football. So, I'd say that's probably my first key for the the this game. Run the football well.
2: Yeah, that's I think that's just any time you're you're bringing a new quarterback in or if we do happen to see it, there's obviously we're going on to the assumption that it's going to be JT Shrout in there starting. They, there's still be. a possibility. If it's it could not be JT, I'm, I'm I'm just roll, gonna leave the stadium. <laughs> <Rolling out there. laughs> just walking. But out. regardless of which guy you have behind center, taking that pressure off of them, getting that running game established early, I think getting Alex Fontenot going in this game is gonna be huge. And and frankly, that's where I think when when Carl Durrell mentions, you're gonna see both guys. That's where you may see a guy like Brandon Lewis if he is coming in as a right, second quarterback, right, right. coming running in the football. in a in a planned set where he runs maybe two or three plays, running the football or faking on a run to open something up in the pass.
0: You think the fans boo if they see Brandon Lewis start? Uh,
2: yeah, it. I do too. Do think I, he will. I do. He's going he to be on
1: a short leash with everybody. Ooh. I think.
2: Oh my god! I... I just for that reason alone, I don't think you can run him out there
0: as the starter. You want to talk about a
2: guy where he's going to lose the
0: confidence. Immediately, all right? <laughs> immediately, first play of the season. Boo! Oh, God. But uh, look, with the running game, just as important, you know, hand-in-hand hand with that's the offensive line. And uh, we, mentions, we mentioned mentioned this uh, last week, but I, I'm excited about Colorado's offensive line. Right, No Fenske at uh, at center, you know, Casey Roddick, Tommy Brown, Frank Phillip, Jake Wiley. This is a good unit that I think is a little underrated heading into the season. Now I know, I know. Last year struggled a little bit. You know uh, what they had? Uh, it's also 70- hard to
1: protect for six seconds. I
0: know yeah. that. I know <laughs> that. But in terms of rushing yards, I think at the end of the season they had 64 uh, rushing yards their last game, 71 the, the game before that. You know, just over 100 the game before that. So things have to improve with this offensive line. But I think that the uh, trend arrow is pointing up. I'm excited about this sure. line. And that's where I want to see things start. Again, I want to see the running game dominate. I want to see you keep the ball on the ground. Maybe, let's say, uh, hypothetically speaking, you know, JT plays the whole game. I think 18 passes would be ideal. Yeah. keep it under 20 yeah, passes. Yeah, you don't want to see him throwing 30, right. the ball 30 times. Heavy running game, heavy rush attack, and that all leads into what I talked about keeping the ball out of TCU's hands. We cannot have a game where where the time of possession is, you know, f- 35 minutes for 40 minutes for for TCU. It has to be if anything it, it, at the most 50-50 colorado has to win time possession if they've got a chance this game again they're 14 point underdogs the buffs are right yeah that's is- that that's
2: a stat the, the time of possession that's not always a telling stat within a game especially depending on what style that you run but i i will be very surprised if we go look back after this week and the winning team does not win time of possession this game because I think it's so key for two offenses trying to get going, two offenses that want to run the ball and want to be successful doing that. I, I just think that's going to ha- sustaining drives, something the Buffs couldn't do last year. That's what's going to get this offense going.
0: All right. So, my first key run the football, get this offensive line going, get Fontenot going, get, uh, I mean, whoever, get uh, uh, Deion Smith going, get Jale Stacks going, whoever it's going to be. Get that line moving. Get those running backs going. Second key, and this is going to maybe sound uh, generic and broad, but our players have to make plays. And what I mean by that is running backs, receivers, when they get the ball in space, you got to make people miss. Yards after catch is going to be very important this game. And as I mentioned, TCU, with a very, very fast defense, We're going to learn some of these players on CU who will stand out because through the course of a season, there are guys who step up, become go-to players, become impact players. And right now on the outside, I'm not so sure who that's going to be for the Buffs. Maybe RJ Sneed. I don't know. We've never seen him play a game in a Buffs jersey before. uh, 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 Montana, Lamonius Craig. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be uh, uh, Daniel Arias, Chase Penry? We don't know who it's going to be right now. But someone needs to step up and show that they can separate themselves from TCU's defense. Because if we can't separate from TCU's defense, which I know they're quick, got a lot of hard games coming up against a lot of good defenses.
1: So I, I know I wasn't here last week, but something I do want to say that I think I, I think somebody that we're going to see a breakout year from, and, and it's going to go along with uh, the success of running the ball in turn you get play action i think brady Russell is gonna have a huge year and i think he could be possibly that impact guy to maybe uh, uh have defenders collapse on him and maybe open up guys like penry or sneed um or daniel arias some of the running backs maybe out of the backfield i, th- I think they're going to live and die this entire year not only this tcu game but how well they can establish the run and and get people in space Last year we didn't see anybody become like like a game breaker, or you know we got so so used to to Brendan Rice and and Visca and all these guys who would take over games. Um, you know Brendan Rice had had his had his moments last year, but not by any means. Um, you know, any, anything that's going to get real national attention or anything like that. But so Brady
0: Russell, yeah. I think that he's a, a big name this game. Well,
1: and something that we found out last year is for how big he is, dude can move.
0: Okay, so Brady Russell is, is someone to watch. Now, for all you Buffs fans, you know who we're talking about. Tight end Brady Russell, number 38. He's going to be big in both phases. When the Buffs yep. choose to run the football, as I mentioned, this linebacking core for TCU, little undersized, but they're quick. So you get Brady in the second level – He's he's blocking linebackers, getting physical, which we know he can do, and then he gets involved in the passing game. And right. that's and gonna be I think a big part of this offense. I
1: think too with with um God, what's the offensive coordinator's name? Sanford. Mike. Sanford, right, Mike. Um, I think if he does continue what we saw at Minnesota, now we get some some get a chance to see some of these uh Really solid recruits that we got in the tight end room with Fourier mm-hmm. and Brady Russell both working together, working two, three tight ends. Uh, we end talked sets. about that last week. How, how how low do we are at tight ends? Yeah. yeah, working multiple tight end sets. And it really gives you so much option to to pass, run, screen, whatever. That could be something to watch. I mean, keep your
0: eyes on that this weekend. How much are these tight ends involved in the offense? You know, that's gonna tell A lot about this offense, a lot about this team, and a lot about this philosophy that we can expect to see from the Buffs this year. What I want to see is a lot of tight ends. I think that's going to be a positive, a good thing for this team. And the more you can lean into what you do well, every team is going to succeed from that, right? And the Buffs loaded at tight end, good offensive line. They need to start feeding into these things from game one and showing us Buffs fans they can really take this team to the next level uh key number three so again we're on the football key number two players have to make plays and uh key number three i know we've talked about it at nauseam but whoever plays a quarterback hopefully it's jt we got to have a good game okay i'm not going to give an exact qbr i'm not going to give an exact stat line but quarterback is the most important position in football we know this okay it doesn't matter whether you just started watching last year or you've been watching your entire life we know quarterback is the most important position i'm not saying anything new here but if you're going to take a team who won four games last year who's over under in Vegas this year is two and a half with one of the toughest schedules in the whole country. You got to have good play quarterback. I'm not asking JT to be elite. I'm not asking him to be a Heisman contender, but you've got to be middle in the packet quarterback if you're going to be good as a team. Last year, we saw this offense ranked second to last in the country in terms of yards per game. And a big part of that was Brennan Lewis. So whoever plays back there, I'm hoping it's JT. If the quarterback position isn't sewed up, this Buffs team is not going to win. So I think that's probably the biggest one. I'm probably not saying a whole lot out there that people are going, oh, really, really? But that's so important. Yeah, that
2: that to me is 100% of this game. Everything that you said before, important. But that quarterback play, it, it, it has to be above average. We have to see good quarterback play. And I think most specifically for me, get the ball out of your hands. On time, hit the receiver. If it's not there, Get out of the pocket. Do something. Don't just sit there and eat it or throw the ball away. You have to make plays. Goes back to your second point. Players got to make plays. That That's one of the stats that really, really stood out to me most about Brandon Lewis last year. And I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but an excessive amount of sacks and almost no interceptions. It was a guy that was afraid to throw the ball. Yep. You know your drops. It's a three-step drop. You look at your receiver. If he's not there, you look at your second read, he's not there. I'm not going to play offensive coordinator and tell you how they're going through this, their reads, but make your plays or get out of the pocket and make a play with your feet. Don't just sit there and eat it. That kills your drives over and over again.
1: I'm having some horrific flashbacks right now to, to last year.
0: <laughs> I, know. I God. know, it's funny. The whole lot.
1: I'm so excited with yeah, that, that, that rant by Jared. I'm like, do I even want to last go on week, Friday? Last now? week, yeah. <laughs> we, we were like on a roller coaster where we'd
2: get on this high and just be feeling great about the season, and then it would hit you. Some of the things we talked about. Well, back it's so exciting. It's it. so
0: exciting. I mean, Buffs football is back, and I always find a way to be optimistic. And it's not yeah, because I'm I mean, it's funny because even we love the team. lowest points, yeah, but there's reasons. Like, you look at this roster, it's funny because everyone else in the country right now would say we're crazy for picking the Buffs to win anything over three games. Right. But I'm going, we can make a bowl. Look at this. One. This is not a bad roster. No, it's not. And teams go up and down all the time. Like, I just think, I'm excited about this year. Now, what do you think the vibe's going to be? You think that full stadium, so a lot the, of traveling fans? So, the last
1: time I saw, I'm assuming TCU is going to travel pretty well. Usually, all Big 12 schools do. What uh, else is there to do in uh... What is it? Fort Worth? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I, I don't know. A, Look for horn frogs. I spent apparently. a month there one night. <laughs> um, but the last thing I saw, just as far as students goes, they were um, almost eighty percent sold. Of uh, the, students, just the student section hey, for, the uh, for for or the for, the buffs. Oh, for the buffs. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, but that's gonna. I, I don't doubt that. I think that's gonna sell. So, out so what I'm saying
1: with, within that, I, th- I think you're gonna see some some uh, good good turnout just from run of the day fans i think the students are going to show out and, it, and it's just it's live college football in a great venue they got a new sound system yeah, that's so great. that's oh sound, sound system, God, system I'm so excited. We, we were <laughs> just we were just talking before the show yeah. i don't know how long we've been waiting for that it's been, i think 1996 it's, is it's the last it's, time well, it's they
2: have re- redone the video screen it sounded like you were listening to music through a
1: drive through speaker <laughs> right. and they had like the one speaker it on would, one side of the it stadium it would like cut out. Out, it would just like like I, I definitely like the uh and i, and I think those new toys are going to excite people against yeah. first game of the season at home wearing black probably going to well, be a blackout for the team as well the only thing that's going to keep people from going is the eight o'clock kickoff right and that's the other they thing kick
0: oh the be, kids be, don't care i
1: know it's on a friday but be careful when you get off of work you don't over yourself before yeah. that eight o'clock kickoff yeah, exactly. specifically for the students I mean, I, I go to, be, I, I'm an old man. I go to bed early. It's going to be
0: so I far know. past my bedtime. I'm I'll, planning I'll, on. I'll call Tyler at like 839 and he's already in asleep. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I'm planning on going to the game. I think I'm going to have one beer before the game. And then uh, I was talking to Ryan about this. Uh, I don't drink a lot of soda. So when I do have a soda, I'm like a child who never gets access. to that. I just start zooming <laughs> around. It's, it's a combination of the caffeine and the sugar. Yeah. And so my plan is to, around halftime, have, like, a Dr.
1: Pepper, and I'll be good to go for well, the drive they, they, they yeah. pump those things full of syrup, too. So those stadium pops, they're good. <laughs> Tyler, so. I
2: think you should go for the afternoon nap. Get a little 4 o'clocker in there just before you drive up. I yeah. think that's
1: the key Maybe the success. way
2: to go. Maybe
0: the way to go. All right, let's get some uh, score predictions before we get out of here. Uh, let's I can, go, can, can,
1: I, can Real quick, can I add uh, a couple keys that I want to see? Absolutely. Especially I, yes. from what we did not see at all last year. Maybe here and there in some Only if you're gonna build us up though, but kinda I am. I'm just saying like um Since we don't know what we're gonna see from from CU with, you know, new coordinators, new starters. I think it's very important that you play very aggressive defensively and on special teams. I said it constantly last year that they never played complimentary football. It was always their defense out there getting winded. Special teams weren't making any plays. They were missing field goals. You need to have you know, a fumble recovery, or when was the last time we saw a secondary? It was, it was probably back in the Afalabi Laguda days, the Cheeto days, uh, Akela Witherspoon when they were all on the team. We're not forcing any turnovers, and that's not helping anybody out. I don't care who your quarterback is, who your offensive linemen are. You need to help yourself out in all three phases of the game, not just certain aspects of one side of the football. I agree with that, and if we can get some turnovers, obviously that's going to be a big factor.
0: You look back the last uh, six seasons, and the Buffs haven't had a season over plus seven turnover differential in the last six seasons. So that's what's big. When you find yourself at the cusp of – Plus 10 turnovers, plus 15 turnovers. That adds one or two wins. Yeah, those are wins. To the season, exactly. And that's going to be big in a game like this, not just because of what Ryan said and the style that we can expect from TCU, but you're setting your tone for the season. You go to Air Force next week, at Minnesota the week after that, you don't want to open things up clunky. So I agree with that. It's going to be a big telling game for for several reasons. So, All right, uh, you got any more keys, Ryan? We good to go? We can get some score I, predictions I in that, here. I think
1: that was my only one.
0: The Buffs are 14-point underdogs. I am going to be a homer. I am going to say the Buffs win this thing. I'm going score prediction, 31-30. Now, here's why. I believe this Buffs offense really surprised a lot of people, including TCU's uh, coaching staff, right? And a lot of these points could come first half. But I think that that CU surprises TCU with a couple things, runs the football for success. And even though TCU may have some big chunk plays in in the air, They may have some passing yards. I think this home crowd, altitude, late game. Remember, it's a 9 o'clock kickoff kickoff, TCU time. You add in everything, first game of the season, first game under Sonny Dykes, maybe a higher propensity for mistakes. They're still learning the playbook. So there's a lot of reasons that go into me picking the Buffs, not just because I want to be a homer, but I do believe... That, you know, again, like I said, you get a new head coach, things could go wrong early. You get on the road week one, things could go wrong. You're in altitude, it's a late game. There's just a lot going on for TCU. I think Colorado steals this one 31 30.
2: Tyler, my heart is with you, but my head has to take me in another direction. I, I, I like the Buffs to be very competitive in this game. And I do think we're going to come into this studio next week and the rest of the fans out there, we're going to feel very good about what we saw from CU in this game. But but a line like that, a 14-point favorite in TCU, I think this is a solid team. This is a... Uh, experienced veteran team that I think just has the edge over the Buffs. I think they kind of figure things out a little bit quicker going into this. I think the Buffs may take a little bit to get going, but I do like the Buffs to get going in this game. I think you're going to see a 31-27 loss for the Buffs in bu- uh, in Boulder this week.
0: Hey, that's, that's <clears throat> based on the line and expectations. Wouldn't be the worst thing ever, but I'm, I'm hoping for the dub. Ryan, what do you say? Do you have the
1: uh, over-under on uh, that at all? Let me look it up. I'm just on ESPN right now, and it's saying 55 and a half. 55 and a half. Wow. Okay. Wow. So something I will say, um, something I have noticed about this year's team, even though we haven't seen them on the field yet, is it seems like, and I know we had a lot of transfers, have you noticed how you haven't been seeing really anything negative coming out of camp? or the summer, and I think Carl Durrell's finally got his coaching staff where he wants it. I think he's got the players that he wants um, on the field and on the roster, and it just seems like everybody's rowing in the same direction, and I think people are going to be surprised. Um, I'm going to have to go – I'm going to say because of the atmosphere – because being at home, game time, I'm gonna go Buffs kicking a last-second field goal, 30-27, we go. and we're and we're storming the field.
2: Oh, storming the
1: field, which means it's, Ryan's okay. gonna hurt his knee.
2: Okay, can we talk about that real quick before we get out? If here? If my gout's
1: not flared <laughs> up I gotta, already, I,
2: I got push back on storming the field on TCU guys. Oh, I
1: hey, mean, no, 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 not, no, no. Come we're finding reasons to celebrate. We're like finding reasons to maybe,
0: do it early, but nope. TCU. Nope, you celebrate I- it. You storm the field, you celebrate. And I love how Ryan and I picking the wins. It's like one point, three points, last second field goal. You know, hey, you got to. You're 14 it's point on It's football underdogs. season, baby. Exactly. But no, I love it. We've Buffs. Been fantasizing about it all off No season. kidding. Buff's hosting TCU, 8 o'clock this Friday night. Before we get out of here, don't know how many opportunities we're going to have to do this this season. So let's do it one more time. Play that CU fight song. Let's go, Colorado Buffaloes. All right, perfect. Let's go. Let's get excited. Buffaloes against TCU this Friday night at 8 o'clock. We'll see you there. Wear black. We'll talk to you next week. This has been the Buffs Nation Podcast.